How's it going, guys? It is We Talk Sports. I'm your host, Brett Pinelli, with Ryan Horst and Josh Owine. Um, I have been in pain the past few days. Um, my heart is hurting. Um, as you guys may know, if anyone's listening, we are Philadelphia Eagles fans, except for Ryan Horst, who is a Dallas fan. So I'm sure he's having a great time, but my heart has been hurting. My heart has been uh, just, oh, I can't stop thinking about the Super Bowl. When I'm at work, I'm getting lost in thought, just thinking about what happened. Um, that might have been the worst pain I've ever felt watching sports. Um, you know, watching the Kawhi Leonard shot against the Sixers a few years ago, I thought I'd never feel that pain ever again because how traumatic that was. But watching the Super Bowl devastated me. I was devastated after watching that. Um, obviously, the Chiefs beat the Eagles 38-35 to in a classic Super Bowl um josh ryan what was going through your mind while watching that game go ahead josh go ahead (laughs) all right um even as an eagles fan i have to admit it was a really good game one of the better super bowls i've ever seen uh but obviously as an eagles fan i'm extremely disappointed uh so I'll i'll talk about the penalty to start um although i think it was the wrong call um and i think if they didn't throw the flag. The Chiefs would have kicked the field goal, and I, I truly believe Hurts would have went right down the field and won the game. I but, do too. Uh, we can't blame the penalty because we had so many other mistakes and missed opportunities. Um, I think it obviously starts with the defense in the second half. Uh, Gannon just flat out got outcoached and kind of lacked adjustments. Uh, we gave up two red zone touchdowns on plays that were basically identical. And they were wide open. Uh, I don't know how that happens twice. Um, another opportunity missed was uh, a deep ball to Quez Watkins. Wasn't yep. the easiest of catches, but it hit him in the hands and he dropped it. Uh, obviously, Tony had a big return. And then I think a, a really big one that not a lot of people realized was it was third and one. And then uh, Eagles were going to go to QB sneak, which very successful with, obviously. But then Isaac Sayamalu had a false start, making it third and six. And oh. obviously on that play was the Jalen Hurts' only mistake of the game where he fumbled it and uh, Bolton returned it for six. So all these were opportunities missed. Uh, and I, I liked how the Eagles players uh, said this as well. Like Kelsey Hurts, they kind of had the same attitude that the game wasn't lost because of the bad call and the Eagles just missed so many opportunities. Yeah. Um, but I think it was a positive year. Hurts proved to the world that he is a superstar quarterback, and the Eagles' offense is going to be uh, exciting and fun to watch for years to come. Real quick, I just got to I just got to go on a, like a positive rant about Jalen Hurts. I, you know, oh brother, come on, you're just salty. You don't got a quarterback, okay? But Jalen Hurts, you know, during the Carson Wentz year. Um, from how good he was playing, I never um, 100% put my trust into him because there was something about Wentz that there was something a little off. Um, obviously, then the injury happened, things like that. But I never felt 100% comfortable with Carson Wentz or Nick Foles. Jalen Hurts, he can fumble and have the other team return it for six and then go right back out there like nothing. Oh, what quarterback can't do that? You were literally just on here like, Meat riding Trevor Lawrence about being able to bounce back from four picks. What? Yes, there's not. <laughs> yeah, bro. 
cats. You're literally saying you're admiring him for the most basic thing I think I've ever seen. Bro had a turnover. Wow, he recovered from a turnover. Almost like every single quarterback in the league turns the ball over and has to bounce back. What the hell are you saying? Dude, are you? What? No, you're saying. You're saying. You're giving him props for bouncing back from a turnover. Like, congratulations. I think I've seen every single quarterback in this league do that. Are you serious? There's n- almost no quarterbacks. What? Almost no Hurts. quarterbacks can bounce back from a turnover? Dude, put him in Jalen Hurts scenario. Put Dak Prescott in Jalen Hurts scenario. I, okay, up. Dak Prescott just threw the most picks in the NFL. Yet, yeah. you don't see him just keeling over every single game. He, I don't he, know what you're talking about. I honestly have no clue what point you're trying to prove. What are you talking about? The most can't bounce back from that. Most quarterbacks would shut down and be conservative. Who would shut down besides like Zach Wilson? Who would shut down? Literally, most quarterbacks in the league. There's only a. Give couple- me an example. Give me an example. I, a specific example of like a specific a, example. Just not like just if you tell want me a quarterback. quarterback. Tell me like a a good quarterback down. who would shut down. And let alone in the Super Bowl. Who? If, if that Did was over. Fact they would shut down in the Super Bowl unless they're a veteran. That was Jalen Hurts' first time in the Super Bowl, and he went right back out there. They said, run the same play, and he succeeded and did a touchdown drive like nothing happened. Yeah, that's what almost like that's his job. There's almost no quarterbacks that would do that. that could, I'm saying able- almost every single quarterback could be able to do that. No, there's wow. Trevor Lawrence could do it. Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Brady, if he was still in the league, uh, Burrow probably. Um, Josh Allen, jo- Josh. I don't know. Maybe Josh Allen. I don't know. He's, he's a turnover machine. He just throws it anyway. Oh. Bro, um, what are you? This is honestly maybe one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, dude. There's not, dude. You're acting like quarterbacks can just bounce back from that like easily. Yeah, they can, and they no. do it all the time. Let alone in the biggest stage in the biggest sports event ever, one of the biggest, and he fumbled it. A lot of absolutely ridiculous, man. A lot of quarterbacks would shut this down. Is, th- this is absolutely absurd, what I'm hearing right now. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. <laughs> I, I understand giving Hurts his flowers. Bro just had a, he had an amazing performance in the Super Bowl. Probably a top 10 quarterback performance in the Super Bowl, maybe ever. But you're just, you chose the exact wrong reason to give him props. Like, he bounced back from a turnover. Congratulations. Almost anybody can do that. How is that not impressive that after it's that... It's not impressive because it's common. Touchdown. Like, you, nothing happened. That's insane. Like, nothing happened. Everybody does that, bro. The most, like, literally every single professional athlete has a short memory. Okay. I, some of the quarterbacks I watch in this league do not. Um... Maybe, like, three of them. Maybe, like, Zach Wilson, which is why he's not even a starter anymore. I mean, I, I could name almost every starting quarterback would be able to do that. I don't know what you're saying that he bounced back like nothing happened. That's almost like he gets paid to do that. Okay. I, I, I don't agree with your take, but what I'm going to keep saying is I am comfortable with Jalen Hurts being out there um, as our quarterback. I am so confident in that, in fact, that I have the Eagles as the favorites to make it to the Super Bowl in the NFC next, week, uh, next year. Um, just with having Jalen Hurts at our quarterback, that will be a topic when we get Oh, to- give me a break. Um, but... Oh my god. That's it. 
Um, he fought until the end. Some of his runs were ridiculous. They trusted him on on those plays, and he performed, and he went out there and proved. Are you saying if you put Jalen Hurts on the Bears that he would take the Bears to the Super Bowl? Because that's pretty much pretty no, much. No, you just said I have them going to the Super Bowl solely based off Jalen Hurts. If we had if most quarterbacks so in the league, not be in the so Super it's Bowl. Not solely based off Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying it's solely based on Jalen Hurts, but it's a Huge reason. It's yeah, a huge. Okay. okay, keep going. Um, I'm just very excited for the future with Jalen Hurts. He has proved me wrong. Um, you know, from the start of the season, I had my doubts, but I was confident. And what he was able to do this season um, blew me away. Um, every week, he uh, proved me wrong. Um, when Minshew went in and uh, underperformed, and we lost two in a row, that just showed how valuable Jalen Hurts was to our team. Um, I'm just very confident in the Eagles moving forward, and I'm very proud of them for uh, their performance this year and how it ended, despite it wasn't the way we wanted. Um, and it hurts, but, you know, I'm excited for next season. Josh, what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts' performance in the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Uh, obviously, really cannot put any blame on him, even though he had the big turnover. Um, he... he People had questions about would he show up in the big game, obviously, at Alabama in the championship game. He struggled, but uh, in the Super Bowl, he was uh, as good as he was all season. So it was a good thing to see. Exactly. Um, just, um, you know, this is another ring for Patrick Mahomes, which is good to see. Continuing his legacy um, on this pace, he might go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks. Well, he is going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. But the question is, can he beat out Tom Brady, which – um, we'll see uh, as his career goes on, but looking pretty uh, impressive so far. Um, Travis Kelsey with another ring, beating out his brother. Um, I was kind of listening to their podcast um, today. Um, you know, very interesting episode. Um, any other takeaways you got from the Super Bowl, guys? Yeah. Um, I would say, I know this, I've been saying, I, I'm not. This is going to be perceived as like a shot at either the Eagles or Jalen Hurts, which I'm not intending it to be. Okay. Because I've said this before, I have a lot of respect for Jalen Hurts. And while I do think he's a elite quarterback in this league and is going to be for years to come, um, I don't intend this to be a shot at either him or the team. Um, but the reason I keep saying that I think the Eagles... Uh, title window with Hertz was now or never is just because the quarterback market has become so inflated recently that um, he's about to get $50 million per year uh, after next season. Um, so pretty much he, uh, I think the Eagles had a top five probably built team of all time this year. Um, there was just no holes on that roster. Um and obviously now the offensive line is getting older with Kelsey and Johnson. Yeah. And there's a bunch of pending free agents, which the Eagles are going to have to bring back. Um, obviously, that's going to command a lot of money. So I don't, I don't like mean this to be kind of taken the wrong way because I think the Eagles are still going to be a very good team in this league as long as Jalen Hurts is the quarterback. They're always going to be at least, you know, in the playoffs. But mm -hmm. I just don't see how, you know, 
Jalen Hurts is going to command $50 million per year and the Eagles are never like going to have that great of a roster around him again. So I guess, you know, what I would like to see from Hurts is, I'm not saying he's not going to be able to do this, but what I would like to see him do is perform without that kind of a supporting cast. And when I do see that, that's when I'll say he could possibly win a Super Bowl. But for now, I truly believe that the Eagles title window, unless he accepts less money than $50 million per year, mm-hmm. might be over. Yeah. Um, I would, I would, I would disagree with that slightly. I agree. It's the best team he'll ever have in his career, but um, I don't think he needs a superstar team to be successful. And a lot of the pieces, uh, will still be there for a couple of years. Obviously, AJ uh, Brown, we signed to an extension. Devontae, we still have. Dallas Goddard, we still have. Uh, running backs are, relative to other positions, pretty easy to replace. So I think the offensive weapons will still be there. And then on defense, obviously, you're going to lose a lot of pieces. But I think as long as you re-sign some of the core guys like Gardner Johnson and TJ Edwards, uh, we'll be fine. I'm yeah. not necessarily saying I don't think Hurts can win without a less talented supporting cast, but I'm not comfortable with saying that I think he will win a Super Bowl until I see him do it, just because at Alabama, he had probably the best college receiving core of all time. He had, uh, you know, Judy, Devontae, um, you know, Waddle, um, John Mechie. He just had all those guys. He had Najee Harris, Damian Harris at one point. You know, he just had all those guys. And then he went to Oklahoma where he has C.D. Lamb, who was arguably the best receiver in the country that year in college. Yeah. I, we've just never seen him win before without an insanely stacked roster. And do I think he's capable of it? I do. But I just need to see it happen before I'm, a, you know, a full believer. And obviously that does come with some biases. You know, if I was an Eagles fan, I would definitely be more on the optimistic side. But... Mm-hmm. Just logically, I, I would like to see it happen before I can comfortably say, yeah, he will do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, you know, in the past, we've been uh, seeing guys like Brady taking pay cuts um, for when they deserve a massive contract. But like you said, um, the QB contracts have been absolutely inflated um, in the past few years now. Um, is Jalen Hurts that guy that could potentially take that pay cut and... Um, look at the team around him and want to build more around him and value the team built around him? Or do you think he's just going to take that $50 million? I mean, I think it's too early to say. I don't even think the Eagles have started negotiations with him. From what I know about Jalen Hurts and from what we've seen this year, he's obviously extremely humble and he cares a lot about his team. He's more of like a team kind of guy. Um, so I think there's definitely a shot that he could take a pay cut. But again, if he doesn't take a pay cut, you can't really blame him because he yeah. he's earned that money. Exactly. But I think it would be more beneficial to the team if he did take the pay cut. I've heard reports that uh, Joe Burrow t- uh, plans to take a more team-friendly deal to yeah. kind of keep the roster around him loaded. So I would say, you know, there's definitely a chance Hertz does take that negotiated down price. But if he doesn't, I mean, it's not really like yeah. you can't really put any blame on him. Yeah, um, if he takes that, um, I, I see success for the Eagles for years to come. If he doesn't, um, we're just going to be a team. Like you said, we're going to be in the playoffs most years. We're going to be contending. I mean, it's really, it really all comes with like, – when you have a quarterback on like that kind of a deal, it, it really all comes down to 
how good is your general manager at drafting, uh, you know, um, like talent that's immediately ready to play. You know yeah. what I mean? The Chiefs have Mahomes on that huge deal, and they've been drafting extremely well recently. You know, they have Creed Humphrey on the O-line. He's probably the best center in the league. He's on a rookie yeah. deal. They were easily able to scoop up uh, Pacheco in the seventh round last year. You yep. know, Algeris Sneed was a late pick, and he's an elite corner on a rookie deal. So the reason the Chiefs have been so successful, even after Mahomes took that huge deal, was because they've been so good at drafting talent that's immediately ready to play on those rookie deals. So yeah. as long as Howie can continue to, you know, make those great picks, especially in later rounds, you know, he's had success. He's had a lot of draft success recently. Yes. Devontae Smith, uh, even, hell, Jordan Mailata, grabbing him in, what, the seventh round? Yep. I mean, Landon Dickerson. So I think as long as the Eagles continue to draft, you know, talent in all rounds and just, you know, surround Hurts with guys on rookie deals who are immediately ready to play, then they'll be, they'll be fine. Yeah, like, you know, Howie has had a lot of shaky drafts um, throughout his entire uh, tenure as uh, Eagles general manager. But like you said, recently has been incredible somehow. Um, you know, drafting Mylotta in the seventh round, um, I thought he would be that guy. Be like, oh, he's a rugby player. It's kind of cool. Like, I remember when the Eagles got him, I didn't think he'd really turn into anything. Maybe play him as fullback. He's now one of the better left tackles in the league. Um, Miles Sanders um, is a guy that contributed to the team right away, despite like one year where he didn't even have a touchdown. But um, I mean, speaking of Miles Sanders, he's probably cut this year, right? I don't uh, think he's a free agent. Yeah, he's a free agent. I, think. I mean, I don't think I don't think they'll resign him. Yeah, gonna, I think go on. Yeah, but like what I was saying is he contributed to the team right away. Like Howie has shown that he can be he he's grown as a uh, as a uh, as a drafter and. Um, so that is a positive sign, let's say, if we sign Hurts to a $50 million deal. Um, but even despite having the success with draft picks, I don't really necessarily see the Eagles doing anything great for the next decade other than just like being in the playoffs consistently. But if he takes a cut, um, I see us being um, someone that's going to always be contending, especially with how great Howie is at trading and going after free agents um it just gives howie more to work with if hertz takes that pay cut but we'll see hertz is more than um deserving of that that money but it's just the fact is if he takes it or not so we'll see it's gonna be interesting um i don't know if it's gonna happen this offseason or in the season next year we'll see but it's definitely one of the bigger storylines that we should look at over the course of the offseason so uh yeah um I, i'm seeing an article here that uh Herm Edwards says the Eagles should sign Jalen Hurts to a 10-year contract, which um, is That's ridiculous. Ab absurd, in my opinion, just because it's not even anything against Hurts. It's just that he's a running quarterback. You never know what could happen. You can never sign anybody in football to a 10-year contract. And, and let alone a running quarterback. Like, let's say he was a pocket. Let's say it's like, let's say it's Herbert, but he's like even better than how Justin Herbert is. And he's like an unbelievable talent, maybe. But it's uh. just... I don't know. He ran in for 13 touchdowns this year. Um, like anything can happen. Like one year, he could just out of nowhere Achilles tear, and he's and that. Just I mean, we're we're seeing this. We're seeing this right now with Lamar Jackson. I mean, obviously, there's a money disparity there. But one of the main disagreements between 
Lamar Jackson and the Ravens is like Lamar wants more security in his deal. Yeah. He kind of wants like a five, I think. I think he wants like a five-year deal, but the Ravens are like not willing to give him more than four years. Like we were seeing that already with Lamar. Yeah. And like Jalen like, Hurts, you can be more flexible with because he has proven to be a, as a, a, an above-average passer, with, if not better, um, which is one of the biggest doubts with him, especially last year. So we'll see if um, what the Eagles decide to go with. Like I said, it's going to be a fairly interesting um, storyline in this offseason. Um, so we'll see. And also, not, not only just Jalen Hurts, but Joe Burrow and the other guys in that um, incredible quarterback class. Um, another, it's going to be a great thing to look at. Um, so in the Super Bowl, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes had a great game, deserving of that MVP award in the Super Bowl. Um, anyone else, like any players that stood out to you guys while watching with their performances? Devontae Smith, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. He, I think he established himself as the best second option in the league. I would say, even though it may be controversial, I think he is better than T. Higgins. Um, All right. T. Higgins is a great player, nothing against him. Devontae Smith has established himself as the best number two receiver in the league at this point. Um, Personally, I'm very happy about that because I own him in a lot of uh, fantasy football dynasty leagues, so he's going to be on all my rosters for years to come. Um, But yeah, I think Devontae Smith really had a great game and just showed that he's going to be a weapon in Philadelphia for years to come. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, uh, For me, uh, I would say Dallas Goddard. You know, he didn't really make a ton of big plays. No, but... I think I agree. I agree with that. I think he's a top. I think he's a top tight, top four tight end in the league at this point, behind Kelsey Andrews and Kittle. He caught everything. Everything yeah, he did. He did. They weren't just like you know wide open throws. He was heavily contested on like half of them, and he was just catching it. You know, the one could have been debatably incomplete, but at the end of the day, that was a catch. That was a catch. Um, like. He, incredible like it's absurd he was making one-handed catches catches down the sideline um even even like five-yard plays where he's like smothered and he was still able to catch it like a great performance in the super bowl very reliable for hertz um you know he's gonna be a nice um target for him for the next few years you know he's probably gonna he's probably still in his prime for the next like two or three years so that's gonna be a nice weapon for him but once again um he might be done after like after a few years, you know. He might be just on the team, turning like a Zach Ertz, well, not like a Brent Selleck type guy down the line, because he is a good blocker as well. Like you know, Goddard is very a lot more versatile than Zach Ertz was. Um, you know, Ertz is an incredible route runner and receiver, but Goddard, he can do basically everything. He can you know he can catch it off the screen, break tackles. That's something Zach Ertz could not do, and he's a and he's a very good blocker. So great tight end, top four in the league. I think he. Um, solidifies that for himself. Uh, Josh, who's a player that stood out to you? Yeah, I got I got one for each team. I'll start with the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco. Um, his stats Great. weren't anything crazy at 76 yards, but I really think he was an important part of their win. Uh, he kept the Eagles' defense honest, and when Mahomes was banged up a little bit, uh, he had some big runs, so he came up huge for them. And then uh, for the Eagles, I think it's Lane Johnson. Uh, obviously, everyone knows how good he is, but Battled through the injury again. Hasn't given up a sack in forever. Um, I don't know how many years he has left, but he's just been phenomenal all year, no matter what he's going through. Yeah, like, you know, I, that's like the one thing going into the uh, offseason that I'm a little concerned about, which we'll talk about in the way um, to early predictions. But, yeah, Lane Johnson is just so, so good. You have not, we have not seen him regress at all. 
like over the past few years, like he's just played a, at a phenomenal level and it's just great to see. Um, so I think that might be it for the Super Bowl. Just a lot of pain for me, a lot of pain. Um, so now I'm going to talk some, uh, some NFL drama. Okay. AJ <laughs> Brown. Uh, responds to a tweet that Juju tweeted out about James Bradbury. I forget what the exact tweet says, but it's like a Valentine's Day tweet about James Bradbury holding. In my opinion, that's just ridiculous. I'll hold you when it matters most. Yes. I think that's ridiculous um, to tweet out like a couple days after the Super Bowl. Like, come on. Like, just be more professional. AJ Brown responds with a very controversial tweet. Uh, you know, targeting uh, Juju, calling him like a bum, saying that like he was almost out of the league, and then Mahomes um, revived his career. Complete like cap, bro. He said Juju was on his way out of the league. Yeah, I look. I think Ju- um, AJ Brown did not have to make it so personal, and I did not agree with what he said in the tweet. He was not almost out of the league. I don't think I don't think he was almost out of the league. But to be fair, he did sign a very a one year, very small contract. Yeah, the reason for that was a lot. The, yeah, it was a prove-it deal, and he, yeah. he proved he's at least worthy I'm to be in the league. I'm not saying he would have been out of the league, but he, he was at the point where he had to prove it, or otherwise it wasn't looking great. Like, A.J. Brown, I respect him for defending James Bradbury and defending his teammate, because that was a... That, I, I, I'm not a fan of that tweet from Juju. Like, I think it's ridiculous. But, you know... You don't gotta take it that personal on Juju, and it was it was nice to see like former guys like Garrett Blunt stepping in and um, defending James Bradbury and his other teammates, um, and then Mahomes stepped in and was like, "I mean, these, these guys must be bored." He said, "That man must be bored." <laughs> I, I, I'm glad to see Brett. At least you changed your mind a little bit. I mean, yeah. now that you have that take instead of some of the bullshit you were saying yesterday. Yeah. I uh, I agree with you more personally. Yeah. I think both Juju and AJ Brown handled this poorly. Um, yeah. I don't think Juju should have ever sent out that initial tweet. I mean, it's just really an immature thing to do. Um, you don't you don't need to boast like that. You have your Super Bowl ring. Just be humble about it. There's really no reason that he should have sent that tweet. I don't. I don't like he could have just seen that and laughed to himself about it. There was no reason to share it on Twitter. Exactly. Um, but then again, I also think A.J. Brown kind of stepped out of line. You said, you phrased it as he was defending James Bradbury, but I didn't really see any of that. I didn't really see him defending Bradbury at all. In fact, he didn't say anything about Bradbury. He kind of just came in and called Juju a bum, said he was on his way out of the league, said Mahomes saved him, and said, like, you know, congratulations, but he was being sarcastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, if A.J. Brown really wanted to defend Bradbury, he could have came in and said, like, there's no reason for this. That man had a great year for us, all pro. And he even could have, you know, thrown a little shot at Juju at the end. But instead, yeah. he, he just based his whole tweet about Juju and nothing about Bradbury. So I kind of think, first of all, Juju caused this whole situation by tweeting that out in the first place. So more, more of the blames on Juju. But still, A.J. Brown definitely didn't handle it in the most mature way either. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just Twitter drama. It doesn't really mean anything. Like... It'll all blow over within like the next couple days. Yeah. Um. But but in my in my own opinion, both Juju and AJ Brown both stepped out of line. I agree. Um. I actually did not expect us to have a uh, very similar takes on that. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not delusional. Like, I'm not just going to come in and be like, nah, man, Juju can tweak that, and A.J. Brown just has to shut his mouth. I mean, that's like, what, it's, that's what it's Shane, both, it goes both ways. That's what Shane Kolscher was saying in that one group chat. I mean, he, he is a Steelers fan, though, so he, he likes Juju a little bit. Yeah. Um, so now, now that we're past that NFL drama, way too early predictions, top eight quarterbacks entering 2023. Uh, I don't know. That's so tough to just like name What's off the top of my head. I could give you top three. I would have to think about top eight. I, I can probably give you top eight in no particular order. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that. All right. Let me just name like the certain ones first and see if you guys agree. Yeah. Um, Mahomes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Burrow. Yeah. Obviously. Hertz. Yes. Yep. Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, those are, those are my like, for sure, top eight guys. Yeah. Uh, I would say Justin Herbert has a good chance of getting up in there again. He wasn't like, he was mediocre this year, but I think he should be top eight next year. So I would say Herbert. Both agree? Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Um, Trevor Lawrence? Agree. I agree with that. I think he's going to take a huge leap. Okay, so we're at six out of eight. I swear it's tough. Um, I would say these last two are definitely for sure very tough, but. Yeah, I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna say, believe it or not, Aaron Rodgers with a change of scenery. I I actually I was gonna put him on there. Josh, what do you think about that? It, yeah, it obviously depends where he ends up, but I you can definitely make the case for that. Yeah, so I would say Aaron Rodgers with a change of scenery, and I think just eight can go to so many different guys. I mean, it's really hard to predict. Lamar could find his way into the top eight again. Tua could be up there with a bounce back season and all those weapons he has. Yeah. No. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't really see any other candidates. I hope that Dak Prescott can have a bounce back year. I'm not saying he's going to be top eight, but I'm hoping that he can bounce back. And I think if he bounces back to like a level he was at before, he could crawl into the top eight. Again, this is not me being delusional and saying that Dak Prescott's going to be a top eight quarterback next year. <laughs> I'm saying like if he bounces back to a 2016, 2018, 2021 level, then I'll put him top eight if you can do that. Um, and then kind of like a, a shot in the dark, I guess, like a dark horse. Uh, believe it or not, Jared Goff, maybe. Um, I, I agree. Like, as a dark horse candidate, um, he had a great year this year, kind of down the stretch uh, to lead the Lions from one and six to nine and eight. So if the Lions carry that momentum in the next year and maybe even give him another weapon, and Jamison Williams should be healthy. I mean, he could potentially put up big numbers. Yeah. I actually have mine in order. Okay. Number eight, I have two guys. And I have also, uh, do you know what? Honorable mentions. Okay. I think Prescott's going to have a pretty damn good year. Uh, okay. I think, the, I think the Cowboys and um, Prescott. He needs, gonna, a, he needs a wide receiver, too, desperately. I think yeah. they're going to be 12 and 5, maybe even 13 and 4. I think they're having a fantastic year under Prescott. Um, I think they're going to have a good offseason. Um, so that's an honorable mention. I, I, he's going to be top 10, not quite top 8. Okay. Um, next on this list is I don't think he's going to be top 8, but I think he's going to have a pretty damn good year and a big jump. Kenny Pickett. Okay, I can respect that. I mean, on- I, I personally don't see that happening, but... I can see how some people think he could have a Trevor Lawrence type of leap. Trust me. I think that um, 
He's very flawed that we saw, very, uh, very raw so far. But when I was watching his game, he quickly gave the Steelers like a boost of energy and like just rhythm that they were not having before. And just seeing him in there, I think they just quickly got in. Like, you know, they just look better with him in there, despite him turning the ball over quite a lot. I think he's going to take a big leap. I think he's very talented. And I think he's going to have a very, very good year. I don't know, top eight. That's why I have my honorable mentions. I don't even know if top 10, but I think he's going to be pretty damn good. Um, so now with my top eight, um, I'm going to go Jared Goff. It's very similar to what you said. Jared Goff at eight. I think he's. I think him and the Lions are going to make it to the playoffs. Um, I think they're going to do uh, a pretty damn good year under Dan Campbell. I think they're really starting to figure themselves out. I think they're a couple pieces away, and I think they're going to get those pieces in the playoffs. Um, at seven, um, this is a tough one. I'm going to go Justin Herbert. I think he's going to be similar to this year. Nothing fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm going to go seven for Justin Herbert. Uh, at six, um, man, there's a, there's a lot of good players. Jeez. Um, I'm going to go, hmm, let me just look at, like, quarterbacks. Let me just, like, look at a list of quarterbacks. Like, I have, like, some, but I don't know if I, they should be at this, like, level. So, let's see. Um, I've been on a damn typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just like look. Let me just get like a visual of the quarterbacks. Um, ah, man, it's like this top seven's like very close for me. Um, you said you had them like ordered. I thought you had like a list ready yeah, to like, go. I had the ones that I want to be there. So I had Goff at eight, right? Yeah. Do you know what? What? Oh, <laughs> Burrow at seven. What? What? That's, That's absurd, bro. That's that is ridiculous. I'm gonna go first. <laughs> I, I can't wait bro. to hear who you have ahead of him. I know you heard me say the other day, like I'm so like in on building this thing to become something big, whether that takes months, a year, or years. But when this does finally become big, and we have actually like a lot of people tuning in, like. I'm going to come back to, like, say it's, like, 2025, you know, like, two years down the line, we finally have, like, at least some sort of an audience. I'm going to come back to this clip, and I'm going to play it for the audience that you just predicted Joe Burrow to be quarterback seven. Take that shit back. And, no, 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 you can't take it back. You said it. And I'm going to play the audio clip, bro, and you're going to become the you face of, so damn. you're going to become, you are going to become the face of bad takes on the internet. Christ, come on. <laughs> you can't take it back, bro. Like, everyone is so... I'm going to... I'm taking it back. Josh Allen's at seven. Josh Allen is seven. What? That, that's, that's, that's just bad, bad arguably. Josh Allen is seven. You just took a bad take? You just took a bad take and made it slightly less bad, but still bad. Joe, Josh Allen. I mean, Jared Goff, Josh Allen. Okay. <sighs> This is absurd. Wait, was that six? Wait, no. Wait, that I was said, seven, bro. Wait, no, that was six. Because you remember I said Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, and then um, oh, six. Okay. six yeah, still is, a bad um, take. Six is Josh Allen. 
Okay. Five. Joe Burrow. Aaron Rodgers. So bro just said Joe Burrow was number seven, but in a like a like a snap of a finger is moving him up like four spots. No, but everyone, all of these guys right here, I think are gonna have fantastic years. So I think this would be a year of incredible quarterback play. We just had a year of incredible quarterback play. I think it's even better. Okay, okay. I think Josh Allen's turnovers just bump him down on the list a bit. It's so easy I, to fix that. I, I think I think the top four in some order. Probably in this order. Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, Allen. Like, Allen's still top five. Yeah, I would say, like, Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Allen. So, yeah, yeah, same top four, just switch Burrow and Hurts, which I think either way is a respectable take. Okay, so I, I just put Josh Allen down at six. And That's... Aaron at five. At four, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. Okay. Three. Oh. So I, I haven't heard a name yet. That should absolutely not be in the top three. I know who he's saying. Running. I know who he's saying. Three? Yep. Joe Burrow. Oh, my God. This dude still hasn't <laughs> named fucking Trevor Lawrence yet. Who is Trevor Lawrence? Who oh is Trevor God. Lawrence? Bro. I have a grip in this year. podcast. Dude. Trevor Lawrence. I'm dude, telling you, what? Trevor Lawrence is mean, incredible. I Trevor guess he does get Calvin Ridley to come in, but he hasn't played in two years, bro. Calvin Ridley, a second. He has year. no tight end. Have you heard? Have you seen what Peterson has done with um two years with a quarterback? Carson fucking Wentz made him look like Where Jesus. Where's Carson Wentz right now? Exactly, he stinks, and he made him look like Jesus. You're saying, you're saying if you transferred Carson Wentz to the Jaguars, he'd be a top two quarterback in the league? No, because he's been hurt and he's been out of the loop for a while. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence is so talented. He's going to have that second year under Peterson. And he's going to have that number one receiver. And he, on top of that, he has a pretty damn good receiving core, even without Calvin Ridley. Uh, one, of the, one of the reasons I was like so excited to do this podcast, even if we don't have an audience at first, is just so all of our takes get recorded and I can go back to them. Like I cannot wait for it to be February 15th, 2024, where I can like go back in time listen to this podcast, and screen record you saying Trevor Lawrence is the second best quarterback in the league. I'm going basically purely off like their performance. I I know it's predictive, but still. It's going to be based on how well I think they're going to be. Like, I think at the end of the year, Trevor Lawrence is going to... I understand that. I understand what you're saying, but like, it's just... I don't see how you could possibly predict them to be second in the league when you have guys like Burrow, Allen, Hurts. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a year. Uh, be, honestly, I won't be surprised if he wins MVP. I, I'm yeah. going to call it right oh here. He is goodness. my MVP oh favorite. He is my MVP favorite. MVP favorite? I think he, I, I, have been, I have been winning the MVP for 2023. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You're going to get into that? We were going to get into that once we do the rule of the awards for 2023. I think Trevor Lawrence is my favorite, but we'll get into that soon. And in number one, you can't really beat him. It's it's uh, it's Derek Carr. Um, <laughs> that was like <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, number one. Uh, I think can't really say much about him. He's just incredible, man. He's uh, yeah. one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen play live. Um, just anytime he's out there, he just just even with a messed up ankle, still was able to torch my Eagles defense. Um, but I'm telling you guys, I am faced in Trevor Lawrence. I sound like Griffin Bauer out here. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I, I think he's going to be great. 
Um, Josh, okay. what are your top eight? If you um, if you want to name them in order, or just like any, it's up to you. Um, yeah, I can try. I I probably need to think about it a little more, but I would go one Mahomes, two Hertz, three Burrow, four Allen, five Lawrence, six Herbert, uh, seven and eight. Rogers is seven if he goes to the Niners. If he stays in Green Bay, then he's not in the top eight. Um, and then eight would probably be Lamar. And then Goff would be just outside. Okay, sounds good. Um, so now we're going to our way too early predictions for next year. Um, who do you guys have your favorites for the MVP? You already know mine, Trevor Goddamn Lawrence. Uh, let's hear. Your- I mean, they're, they're this you're just thinking too hard about this. This really shouldn't be that hard. All you have to do is go. Okay, here are the best quarterbacks in the league who have consistently been the best quarterbacks in the league. It's literally, I think, going to be the same kind of MVP race as this year was. Mahomes, um, Hertz, Burrow, Allen. Literally, that's all you have to look at. Those are the four guys who are going to be MVP candidates next year. That's all you have to look at. You're thinking too much about it. Allen a guy. I know you're not a Josh Allen kind of guy. Then just say, okay, Burrow, Hertz, Mahomes. You're just thinking too. You're trying to be like different. You're thinking too deep about it. You're trying to be different. Just I, go with the flow. I, I genuinely think Trevor Lawrence is going to have an incredible year. Do you genuinely think that? Or are you taking a shot in the dark, hoping that it hits so you can be like, I called it? No, like, I actually like, genuinely think that. You know, all the more power to, 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 to support Brett, I'm not agreeing with this by any means, but if I couldn't pick any of the top four quarterbacks for MVP, it would probably be, Lawrence would probably be my fifth pick. That's a fit. Like I, I find that completely fair. But what Brett is saying is that he knows he can pick those top four guys, and he's saying, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pick Trevor Lawrence." Yeah. Just okay. go with just go with the simple choice. It's way more likely to hit. I just don't agree with that, man. All right, we'll see in a year from now. All right, all right. Um, who who are you guys favoring? Like, who do you guys think are going to be the top teams in each con- in each conference? Again, just don't think too deep about this. It's going to yep. be very similar to this year. I don't see any team getting drastically better. Um, you know, NFC favorites, Niners, Eagles, Cowboys. Um, AFC favorites, um, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Dolphins. I'm going to put Dolphins as an AFC favorite, actually. I know I said be simple, but... Tua's going to hopefully be healthy. I uh, hope he can recover from all those concussions and have a full season next year. Uh, the Dolphins just hired Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator, and he's been a great defensive mind. He was a key part of the 2015 Broncos team that had one of the best defenses in NFL's history. And one of the, or I guess the biggest struggle for the Dolphins this year was their defense. Um, I think if Vic Fangio can bring that defense to a uh, you know, respectable level. The Dolphins are going to contend in the AFC, and I could even see them winning the AFC East over the Bills. Okay. Um, for me, um, in the uh, AFC, um, obviously the Chiefs, um, Bengals, um, I think the Jaguars, I've been pretty uh, vocal about their success. Um, and then other than that, that's a tough one past that. I- I, I really think the Bills are going to be on a decline a little bit, but I still think they'll be one of the better teams in the AFC. I just don't really think they're going to go far in the playoffs. Um, in the NFC, 
It's very similar to this year. I think the Niners team is just so loaded and they have just a fantastic coach. But once again, I don't think they're going to do much unless they get that quarterback. Um, uh, Eagles, I think, are going to do really good. I actually don't think I, – I, I don't know. It's, it's a very – very, I'm not even going to state anything. It's, way, it's called it's called way too early predictions yeah. for a reason. It's way I, I too early. Won't be surprised if Dallas wins the NFC East, but I do think the Eagles are easily going to make the playoffs as well. I think Dallas is going to have a fantastic year. Um, and then the fourth team I think is that is going to do really good in the NFC. Um, can the Vikings sustain that success in the regular season again? We'll see. Probably because they're going to be in such a weak division. That that is true. I, I don't really see New York doing as good as they did this year. Um, I'll go with the Vikings, but once again, I just don't see them winning anything in the playoffs. Um, no. yeah, it's going to be very similar from to last year in terms of the teams. So, um, yeah. one of the reasons I think the, the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East is because of the schedule disparities between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah. The Cowboys yeah, have a significantly, significantly easier schedule because they finished second in the division this year. That means in those like crossover division games, they get to play, uh, instead of playing the Chiefs, Niners, Bills. That's who the Eagles play, right? Chiefs, Niners, Bills. Yeah. The Cowboys get to play Seahawks, way easier game than the Niners. Chargers, way easier game than the Chiefs. And the Dolphins, who should be like similar to the Bills. But the Cowboys just have a way easier schedule. And no team has won the NFC East in back-to-back years in like 20 years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are our predictions, I guess, for the teams uh, that I think are going to succeed next year. Pretty, pretty... Uh... Similar to the, I was just, I'm just gonna add real quick. I was looking at the early Super Bowl odds for next year, and uh, Vegas doesn't agree with Brett. They have the Bucks, Packers, Ravens, and Chargers all ahead of Jacksonville. So that's all I'm gonna yeah, say. I'm not surprised, honestly. I just don't believe in Jacksonville's receiving core at all. Bucks? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. The Bucks. Oh, I'm not. I don't think the Bucks is a ridiculous choice. I'm just saying, I don't agree with having the Jaguars so high. That's that's respectable. I'm not. I'm not going to say, but like, I, I I really believe in the Jaguars next year. I really do. I love. What here. is their What is their reasoning for having the Bucks that high? They Recency don't have a, bias. They don't have a quarterback. They don't. Yeah, have I don't know why the Bucks are that high, unless they think they're going to get a quarterback. But I don't think Derek Carr makes them a contender. Or, they're not no, really else out there. Also, I thought Derek Carr was going to the Saints. Like, I know it's not confirmed, but I thought it was like all but all but confirmed. But even with like an average, yeah, no they don't even have it. They have a below, they have a very below average running game. They have they, their defenses and all that great that it was like a couple of years ago. I don't I don't really get it at all. I don't. What do you guys What do you guys think? Uh, Sean Payton is going to do with Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I I think they'll succeed. I. I, I just it's so early. Like I, I they need to make some moves. They like they you know they got Jerry Judy. They got they got Wilson. Like that's a pretty good to build on. Um, well, I think it can go fifty fifty. I can see them making the playoffs, or I can see them sneaking it up again. I I, I don't know. It's it's where it's up. Can't even predict on yet because I could either completely hit perfectly or just miss terribly. I don't even want to yeah. say anything. Josh, what do you think about that? Same thing. Uh, I, I don't think they can be any worse than last year or at least would hope not um i think they're a wild card contender but i don't i would be very surprised if they're super bowl or conference contenders yeah, yeah. I, I don't know like sean payton's a fantastic coach um it's just like he had that incredible team with uh breeze uh, michael thomas 
all those guys, Mark Ingram, um, Marshawn Lattimore, the pretty good defense. And he wasn't really able to do a ton with that. Like, what makes you think he's going to do anything with uh, this already very struggling Russell Wilson-led Broncos team? So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts. I don't. I, maybe they make, maybe they contend for the wild card, but like, like Josh said, I don't think it's going to do much after that. Um, so, yeah. Right. Uh, any other 2023 things we should talk about for the next year? I know, Brett, you've said before you're not huge on college football, so I'm not sure. How much you know about this yet? I know you would get more into it, you know, as the yeah, draft rolls around sooner. But uh, I just kind of wanted to talk about rookies a little bit because everyone's been hyping up this 2023 draft class as one of the best field position-wise that okay. we've had. Um, I mean, I'm sure Josh knows at least a little bit about this. I'm not too knowledgeable yet. Again, by April, I will be. But um, at this point, is there any rookie that you guys think is going to you know, be very good next year in terms of both fantasy and just, you know, real football? Um, there's not a ton I know about, um, like, in terms of the rookies. But um, ever since, you know, Bijan Robinson, all that, that uh, it was already <laughs> Andrew, I've looked into him a bit, and damn, he's good. Yeah. He's damn good. Um, if he's available, you know, the Eagles have two first-round draft picks. Um, I think we value getting a corner first to fill that void, which I, I don't think we're bringing Bradbury back. So I think right. we get first. But with that other pick, it because there's some draft class that have Robinson slipping to like the end of the first round. If he's available, scoop him up. I think he's an that incredible. That would just be an incredible pick because you have a running back that's that good on a rookie deal. Exactly. Like, I, I, I don't think Eagles should chase after him. But if he's there, damn, take him. Just take yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, Jameer Gibbs, I'm sure you probably don't know of him yet. He's he was Alabama's running back this year. Um, He is also incredibly good. Uh, Look into him when you have the time. I think he'll be there for the Eagles' um, second pick of the first round. You know, I'm interested to know what you think about him, but I personally think the Eagles should look into taking him too if he's there. Yeah, yeah. Going off Brett's point earlier about replacing Bradbury, um, I've looked a little bit into it. I haven't looked too much into it yet, but I've noticed that there seems to be a decent amount of uh, quarterback prospects uh, that I, I would like one of them. I know Joey Porter from Penn yep. State. Um, I would take that before running back just because running backs are easier to find in later rounds or in free agency. But yeah, if Robinson's there at running back at pick 30 somehow, or if you've traded up a little bit, uh, yeah, I would love him. And then another thing, um, I know we're, we keep talking about the Eagles, but um, Josh, do, we have a second round pick, right? Uh, I think so. I would have to check. Uh, do we take a wide receiver in with that second round pick, or go? Uh, I know a lot of people are not happy with Quez Watkins and want him removed. Um, I understand I the struggle with drops. You got to uh, go offensive had, line at some point, right? But yeah, we, uh, that's what I was gonna say. I don't, I don't think it's as necessary as a need right now because you have two star receivers. You have Goddard. I mean, it's not as important. I think Zach Pascal, if we still have him, he'll be decent enough as a number three. That I don't think it's a big enough issue to take imagine, a second. But imagine having three incredible receivers on your team, like especially a young one. Um, Doesn't could, always work out, man. I know from experience. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, you know, just spitting out some ideas because you know pascal has been utilized more as like a blocker guy that can catch like a passive game watkins you know he had a couple really good plays this year but he kind of um he, he had to struggle I mean, 
you know, having that drop in the Super Bowl. And that was um, such a tough grab, though. It, it wasn't was, like a like an no, easy catch. Yeah, my entire family was flaming. I'm like, that's such a tough catch. Like, you can't really blame him for that. But at the same time, he did have his struggles this year. You know, yeah, um, in the regular season, it was pretty bad. The the fumble, uh, um, the fumble against the Commanders. Uh, that's that 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 hurt. Um, you know, he had a few others. You know, like I don't think we should get rid. Of, but like, is he that third guy that people like? You know, people were really um excited to see how he plays, especially with all the um. The focus going to the other, uh, you know, Goddard, Smith, and um, Brown. So they're like, oh, Watkins might have a really good year. That didn't really happen. Um, so it was just an option. Do we go um, with anyone like Josh Downs, Tank Dell? I'm looking at like some guys. Josh can... Downs is electric. Like, do we go with one of those guys in the second round? Maybe just have that other target for Hurts. Like, we would might we'll probably like you know we already have two incredible receivers. Why not a third? Um, but just an idea. We could probably go offensive lineman, uh, but a lot. Of- I think you have to go offensive line just because I think Kelsey and Lane are both back for at least one more year. Uh, so if you take an offensive lineman and have him sit behind them for a year, that's way better than waiting yep. an, an extra year and throwing a rookie right into the mix. I think uh, I think we're good at center because Jurgens. I mean, it was preseason, but he looked pretty yeah. good. And no, Jason yeah, Kelsey needed- talked high of him, but yeah, tackle for sure. We definitely need. So, I yeah. think hiring. Jason Kelsey. Yeah, but yeah, if Kelsey's retiring, though, what we're saying is Cam Jurgens should be oh, good. Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, so you said you, you think you're going to be at least one more year. I think I, I love, I, I like Cam Jurgens, but I do think um, Kelsey, um, it might be his year. I think um, based on like every, like, you know, just listening to his podcast, I think he views just playing against his brother in the Super Bowl as like the perfect goodbye. Um, and, you know, he's also been contemplating retirement for like four years now. Um, I, I, I have a feeling this we might have just watched Jason Kelsey's last game. But Lane Johnson, I see another like two or three years in him. This may sound ridiculous, but like, you know, the Kelsey brothers have just talked about how great their podcast has been for them, how they've just grown closer because of it. Yeah. I honestly think that the podcast is actually going to be the reason that Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, that is, comes back for another year. Because like, oh. I just think he, I just think he enjoyed it so much to kind of you know, have that game week and then have him and Travis midweek get on the podcast and talk about their games. Like, it may sound really dumb to explain that, like, a reason that Kelsey could come back, but, like, he just enjoyed it so much that, like, I don't know. And, you know, the Chiefs are on the schedule again next year, so might want to play Travis again. That That's a great point, actually. Um, I don't know. I have a feeling he might retire, but at the same time, I wouldn't really be surprised because, like, literally ever since... The 2017 season, we've been hearing Jason Kelsey might retire, and then it never happens. Um, like, I, I genuinely thought he was going to retire. I remember, I think it was the 2019 season. Like, I think it was Carson Wentz's last year, and it was like Carson Wentz, Jason Kelsey, and Ertz, like, all in the field together. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, Kelsey's retiring. Ertz is leaving. Wentz is leaving. Um, Ertz, they all stayed. Well, except Wentz, like Ertz, you know, stayed on the Eagles and he got traded, but Kelsey just stayed for like it's been three years now. So I, I thought that was Kelsey retiring, but you never know. I, I have uh, two points to kind of jump in here with. First, uh, first one regards uh, Kelsey. I just think it's going to be so difficult for him to leave the game on that sour of a note, like le- losing in the Super Bowl, because I'm sure he's looking ahead to next year and saying the Eagles are immediate contenders again. They have a chance to be back. Like, yeah. I'm sure the competitor within him wants that to end on a ring so bad. 
that that could be another motivation for him coming back because the Eagles certainly have a chance to be back next year. And then my other point I wanted to say, kind of relates to what you just said, has kind of nothing to do with Kelsey, but like those pictures of like seeing guys like stay after the, their last game, like on the field, are just so devastating. Like yeah. I remember Jason Garrett knew he was about to get fired. Uh, it was like the 2017 season, 2018. Yeah. Uh, he knew he was about to get fired after the game ended. So like there was pictures of him bringing his family on down to the Cowboys field and you know standing there with his family like hours after the game ended and like even though i knew jason garrett had to go at that point like it was time for him to be fired cowboys weren't going to do anything with him it was just so like heartbreaking to just see those pictures of guys just like taking it all in one last time like it's just so i don't know it's like nostalgic like you think about the whole era they were there and like even though you know it's time to move on like just the moments they had with your team like it's just that yeah. moment is one of the most like sad moments in sports. Just a guy staying on the field after he knows he just played his last game. Yeah, Jason Garrett, like that's such a nostalgic like coach for me because like he was the he, he was the Cowboys coach when I first started watching football. Even though he wasn't like a great coach, but he was always just there and he always put up a fight against Eagles. So it's very nostalgic for me. And um, I just remember, you know, what I was talking about was like Kelsey Wentz and Ertz all sitting standing on the field. I was devastated watching that. I was like. Kelsey has been on the Eagles since I started watching. Wentz, I, I just remember the hype after we drafted him. I was at Wentz's first game in his preseason when he broke his ribs. And that, this is when Bradford was on the team. This, this was literally after that game we traded um, Bradford, I believe. Um, or was it a week? I forget. It was 2016. It was Wentz's yeah. I was at his first game and seeing that he was probably going to leave. And then Ertz, um, if you know me, Ertz is one of my favorite players. Um, I was wearing his jersey while watching the Super Bowl. Um, and seeing all of them three, two of the players that meant so much to me, I was like, damn, like, they might all be gone. Luckily, Ertz stayed for another half season, and Kelsey's obviously obviously still in the Eagles, but Wentz, you know, him leaving kind of devastated me um, a little bit, despite all this stuff that's come out about him after. Um, but when Kelsey retires, man, that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna hit hard, because he's... Um, ever since I started watching the Eagles in 2013, he's always been on the team. He's always been one of our better players. And so, yeah, that's all I got to say about Kelsey, man. One of my I, I'm sorry players. for like, I'm sorry for dragging the shit on by butting in with like meaningless takes that don't really involve anything analytical, but I have one more thing to say. No worries. No worries. Um, there's like, there's just something so sentimental about like the guy who was the quarterback of your team during like your middle school years and like your, like, because like once you as you get older it's like it becomes less and less appropriate to idolize another grown man if you know what i'm saying yeah. like yeah when you're a kid and you look up to an athlete that's normal like you're looking yeah. up to someone who's been a role model for you um and you're trying to be as much as like them as possible but as you keep getting older it just becomes less and less socially acceptable for you to idolize another grown man like that just because as you get older, it just becomes your time to become that role model for people that are younger. No longer yeah. is it acceptable to say, oh, I want to be like that guy. Like, no, you got you to gotta be like yourself as you get older. You can't look at someone else and say, I want to be like him. So, I mean, part of the reason that I love Dak Prescott so much is because he comes in and he becomes the quarterback of my absolute favorite team during seventh grade. And seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade, it's socially acceptable for me to look at this guy 
see all the adversity he's faced and see, yeah. you know, what he's doing on and off the field. And for me to just idolize him and say, yeah, I want to be like that guy. Now that I'm, you know, 19 years old, it's less except like, I don't look at Dak Prescott anymore. I still see him as a role model, obviously, but I don't look at him as like an idol like I used to. But like part of the reason that I'm so like sentimentally attached to Dak Prescott as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is because he was my, like, as, as I would phrase it, my middle school quarterback. He was yeah. the guy that I defended in the lunchroom when everyone was saying that Zeke carried him. He was the guy that had, like, was a part of all those when stack debates. He was a guy that led my team when I was a kid. Yeah. So I'm, you know, this is getting super, like, philosophical. Oh, man. I love guy. this. Good but, stuff. like, I am, like, I'm only getting older. Um, it's going to be, be way less acceptable for me to, you know, look at the next Cowboys quarterback, whenever that may be, that the next one comes in and say that I love this guy. Like, it's even becoming less acceptable for me to still have Dak Prescott as, like, the wallpaper on my phone. Like, eventually that's going to have to change. I'm going to have to make the wallpaper myself. Um, you know, hopefully me and my girlfriend, if that ever happens. <laughs> um, mine's, mine's but, the I got Batman as my wallpaper, and I got a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, just that kind of – I don't think people talk about it that much, like, my dad doesn't idolize Dak Prescott. Like, he criticizes him way more than me, which is understandable because, you know, Dak Prescott is nothing special to my dad. He's just, he loves the Cowboys, but he doesn't love Dak Prescott. Yeah. Who he does love is Roger Stallback because yeah. Roger Stallback was the quarterback during his middle school years. He would, you would never find him criticizing Roger Stallback for a second. Yeah. And I think, ultimately, that is because Roger Stallback was his middle school quarterback. I'm sure when I'm 50 years old, 60 years old, and, you know, hopefully I have a son or daughter that is a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see. But if I do, I'm sure that the quarterback, you know, during their middle school years, they'll never criticize that quarterback. I'm yeah. sure I'll be, I'll be quick to, quarter, to criticize him because I have no, like, sentimental attachment to him. Yeah. But I think that's just something so many fans don't understand is that when you grew up with a guy, like, it's so much harder for you to criticize him because like he was that guy for you exactly like i know this sounds wild but sam bradford was that guy for me like um no, yeah, like, it's completely acceptable like um <laughs> josh just says yikes um but like it was i started watching the eagles um 2013 season nick Foles is the quarterback um and then next year it was full. Uh, next year was like Sanchez and Foles, and the Foles was hurt, broke his collarbone. Then Sanchez went in, but I wasn't really connecting with them because, you know. And then 2015 rolled around. This was this was the year that I became obsessed with football. I was analyzing everything, absolutely everything. I was looking at all the rookies. We signed Sam Bradford. We signed Tim Tebow. We signed Demarco Murray. Um, we trade McCoy. I was like, oh, my God, we're building a super team. We got Bryce Maxwell. And it's, like, weird. This team was such a disappointment, but it's the year that was is the most nostalgic for me because I watched every single game with such, like, I was analyzing every single game, and that was the year that I became obsessed. Watching Bradford and Jordan Matthews barely beat teams made me obsessed. I, I don't know why. 
and I was so hyped up to see Bradford in another year at the Eagles, and then we just trade him for Wentz. And then Connell Wentz was kind of that guy too, but like it just didn't hit the same as Bradford for some reason. <laughs> I love Bradford, and I love Jordan Matthews. I was actually devastated when we got rid of Jordan Matthews. It's just like, I don't know, it's just mine are so random. It's just like, yeah, I mean, like a reality of the situation is not a lot of teams still have the same quarterback that they did in 2016. Yeah. Like, barely any do. Many teams cycle through quarterbacks fairly quickly unless you find a franchise guy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so much easier for fans of other teams that are our age to criticize their quarterback because they didn't grow up with him. I'm one of the few fans left that has a team that I grew up with the quarterback. That's what people fail to understand about why I'm so slow to criticize Dak Prescott. Yeah. And, like, like, for me, like, Bradford, man, like, he wasn't even bad for the Eagles. He was actually solid. And he, he, he was just dealing with injuries. That dude has the worst luck in the league if you look at him, bro. Like, torn ACLs, always hurt. Like, he was not bad. Like, we would have easily made the playoffs if he didn't get a concussion. Because Mark Sanchez came in and we uh, lost, like, by a combined 90 points in his two games he was in. And we dropped to 7-9. Uh, and nine. We would have... Like we would have been like ten and uh, we would have been nine and seven, and that that year was terrible in our division. Um, we we uh, we had the chance to win, and then we uh, lost to the Redskins, and then they snuck into the playoffs at eight and eight. So we would have easily made the playoffs if Bradford was healthy, and he actually was not bad for us. And then obviously we drafted Wentz and we let him go. But such a nostalgic year for me, man. Damn, that was the yeah. year it became. I obsessed. mean, like. Just looking at it from another lens, Dak Prescott's about to turn 31 in July. He's then gonna he's been the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys since he was 23 years old. He crossed the bridge from old generation to new generation. He was literally a part of the NFL and starting for the Dallas Cowboys when Eli Manning was in the league, when yeah. Andrew Luck was in the league, when Drew Brees was in the league, when Phil Rivers was in the league. All these guys in the new generation aren't really a part of that era. Yeah. It's something to look at, something to I- think about. Kind of crazy to think about. Holy shit. Like, Same that that's kind of, obviously, he's more regarded as part of this new era, but he's one of the few quarterbacks left in the league that was part of that old era. You know, him, Russell Wilson, Rodgers. Yeah. I'm struggling to think of many others. Kirk yeah. Cousins. That's true. Damn. That's good. So, yeah, I know this podcast kind of ran kind of longer than we thought just because I brought in some weird topics to kind of think about, but I just thought it was super interesting to think about that. I loved it. I, yeah, I, I thought it was good. This might be a uh, probably a good um, point to stop, I'd say. Yeah, um, I agree. Great episode, man. Um, you know, next week, we're going to have to start focusing on the offseason. That's crazy, and, like, rookies and stuff like that, and then NBA and stuff. But some Basketball stuff. Um, even baseball. This weekend. We got spring More training. excited about that than the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'll see you guys next week. All right, see you, boys. Yeah.